Hello, welcome to another edition of the Agile Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Andy Clef, and joining me today is Phil Johnson. Hey, Andy, it's great to see you again. Warm enough next to the fire? Yes, it's great. I love it. So you you reached out uh, to me uh, not too long ago with an offer to talk about something near and dear both to both of our hearts, uh, human skills, the human aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, before we dive into the topic, how'd you find us? How'd we come up on your radar? How'd you how'd you? Oh, I, yeah, I um, I'm I'm always looking for opportunities to talk about the value and importance of developing and mastering our human skills, especially when we're facing things like AI and other challenges. Yeah, I love it. So I, I've got some lines of inquiry for to, us to explore. Uh, as we mentioned before the show, our listening audience is largely people in the field, practicing, coaching, uh, supporting teams, systems, organizations, leaders, ICs, the, the full range of humanity. And and the stories we share around our campfire um, both bring laughter and tears. And, and a common... A common refrain, and I don't know where we'll go with this, is either leadership is the problem or leadership is the solution. And and maybe it's not so simple as one or the other. Maybe we need to roll that coin and land it on the edge. So sure. so help help um explain the concept of leadership, inspirational leadership, not by position, but by position and or influence, um, how it relates to emotional intelligence. And then here's the big thing, how do coaches incorporate these principles into their practice um, at coaching at the team and the leadership level? Well, that's quite a few questions. Um, let uh, Let me start out by saying leadership's not a position. It's a choice, and it's a choice that we all need to make. And the real test of leadership is that our actions actions and results inspire followers. Mm. So if you need a title to get people to follow you, you're not a leader. You're simply using position-based power to control and manipulate others. Um, So... Leadership and emotional intelligence are connected in that they inspire trust. They inspire deeper relationships. They inspire higher levels of engagement, higher levels of awareness. And that's important uh, to coach anybody. You have to have a, a relationship of trust for people to be willing to allow you to help them. Yeah, it is It is such a critical factor in success, particularly at transformations when things are changing um, and, and creating, as um, Amy Edmondson calls it, psychological safety. So what are some key elements of trust building? How does, a, how does a, an agile coach 
in the field, actively cultivate trust among team members, stakeholders, and within the organization as a whole? Great question. Um, the really short answer is that they have to learn to stop giving away their energy. Tell me and more. sorry, go ahead. Tell me more. Well, the unconscious, we're only actually conscious about three to 5% of the time. The rest of the time we're relying on our habits to, de to determine the bulk of our behavior and our results. And we're unconsciously giving away our energy to others. And that creates the need to steal the energy of others. And that gets in the way of trust building and engagement. So we, we give away our energy in lots of ways, how we communicate, listen, take responsibility, make decisions, all sorts of ways. But when we're unconsciously giving away our energy, it also creates a simultaneous need to be replacing that energy by stealing it from others. And um, that burns trust. So that becoming a an inspirational coach begins with learning how to lower our walls and stop giving away our energy. Do you have examples in mind, um, no names or change the names to protect the innocent and guilty of, our, of both types of conversations? One in which, pick me, I'm the, I'm the coach. Um, what actions, words, approaches might I habitually choose without awareness that um, I'm doing something negatively impactful in the energy of the situation. An example in our communications and how people often communicate is um, they often use trust as a way of, or truth as a way of control and manipulate others. They think that as long as they know the, the truth, um, that gives them the license to control others. And that actually burns trust. Um, so in order to be a more authentic communicator, <clears throat> we have to tell the truth, always tell the truth, but it's not enough by itself. We have to tell the truth with compassion or empathy for the person we're speaking with. And that's how we lower our walls and become a more, uh, uh, effective communicator. I'm curious, unpack the word truth. Your truth, my truth, yeah, collective what, truth. It, it's, it's subjective, um, but it's our truth. If I'm a coach and I think I know the truth, um, but I don't communicate with compassion or empathy for the person I'm speaking with, I'm really trying to control the person because I know better. Yeah. And yeah. that actually, that actually burns trust. It doesn't earn trust. How do, how do we as humans, coaches, leaders, team members align on <laughs> of align on that word truth data driven feeling driven how, how do we know 
what we're seeing through whatever frame we're looking at um that it is well it's subjective but how do we communicate and align on what we're seeing so that we can talk about it and agree that what we see there the words we use is actual truth rather than fantasy or opinion well well, we start out by asking questions rather than making statements Mm. um Asking questions helps to create alignment, and it's a it's a form of compliment that um, I want to know more about you. I um I don't want to assume. I want to understand how I can better serve you, and in order to be able to have that understanding, I've got to I've got to ask questions. Mm. That is a very common uh, <laughs> approach. Stop Stop giving answers, ask better questions. Uh, the very first question I ask people I, I work with is, what do you want? See, when somebody tells you what they want, they're also telling you what they don't have. And the bigger the gap between where they are versus where they want to be, the more motivated they are to look for a solution to close that gap. And without that motivation, uh, I can't help them. Change is impossible. So I have to understand what somebody wants before I have the potential of helping them achieve it. Interesting. I want to connect the, the question approach and consciousness and tap into how coaches can help individual leaders Um, tap into that higher level of consciousness to really get to what they need because sometimes what they want is not what they need because their frame of reference, their consciousness is either short-sighted or incentive-driven. So I guess the the shorter question in this long rambling uh, intro is you've mentioned questions. What are some other techniques and exercises to help leaders tap into that higher consciousness that's needed? Well, you're right. People don't do what they need to do. They do what they want to do. So you have to go to where they are and understand what they want so that you can potentially help them to move towards what they need along with what they want. But what they want provides the motivation for change, not what they need. So it's a it's a journey. It's a it's a process. A lot of what people express about what they want uh, can be based on ego, fear, insecurities. Um, what advice do you have for coaches to help individuals in a in a leadership role, not by position, uh, begin to overcome those fears? And, and build a psych- more psychologically safe environment because we know experimentation requires failure, right? 50, yeah. 60% of your ideas were fail and you're still in the hall of fame. It has to yeah, be the, um, the motivation for, ch- there's only two sources of motivation that will cause us to be willing to leave our comfort zone in pursuit of better results. One is pain. The other one is passion. But for the most part, 
that the motivation for most people is pain, either um, avoidance or removal. So you want to understand what their motivation is to do the work that change requires, because we have to be willing to leave the perceived safety of our comfort zone in order to proceed in order to pursue, in order to obtain better results. And one of the challenges with that is, and this is this gets to emotional intelligence, that whenever we leave our comfort zone, there's a part of our old lizard brain called the amygdala that doesn't want us to do that. And it automatically triggers a release of a hormone into our bloodstream called cortisol. Right. And that causes the executive center of our brain to shut off. And we go into what psychologists refer to as, a, as an amygdala hijack. Some people lash out, some people run away, some people freeze like a deer in the headlights. And when that happens in conflict situations, people die. When it happens in business or personal situations, relationships die, we burn trust. So as an analogy, if you think of your amygdala as a very frightened four-year-old child, the development of our emotional intelligence acts like a big brother or a big sister to quiet the amygdala response down and better enable us to feel the fear and anxiety that changing innovation always triggers in us and be able to move through it towards what it is we're trying to achieve as opposed to allowing that fear and anxiety to keep us trapped in our comfort zones. I, I love the 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 analogy of the four-year-old child because that brings in the personal history um, positive and negative uh, that influences the behavior uh, there's some interesting studies that came out a few years ago um, 2020 maybe I'd, I'll put them in show notes um, sort of poking at that lizard brain concept uh, saying that um <laughs> Might not be as true as McLean thought it would be, but um, it makes for a, a great analogy in how people behave. Um, agile methodologies uh, have, have require collaboration, right? Any any um, approach that looks at individual contribution probably doesn't fall into the the framework of agile. Achieving that true collaboration can be really challenging for a lot of the reasons that we talked about. Um, but it's essential for overall project success. Can I make a comment? Yeah. Um, because we've evolved from herds or tribes, um, we've had to develop the ability to sense whether somebody's trying to help us or or eat us. Yes. So we have these specialized brain cells that we've created in our prefrontal cortex that brain scientists call mirror neurons. Yes. Your listeners can Google it. Um, but that's why we can walk into a room and sense the energy in the room. That's why we, when we're having a conversation with somebody, we can sense whether somebody's trying to help us or, or hurt us. So that as we learn to start stop giving away our energy, as we learn to lower our walls of resistance, judgment, and attachment outcome, people will automatically sense 
that they can lower their walls and be more of who they truly are around you. And that creates a higher level of trust and engagement. Let me give you an example, if you don't mind. Go for it. I'll give you an example of a company that's currently valued at over $3 trillion. And they're doing over $600 billion a year in revenue. And their primary hiring focus is emotional intelligence. That company is Apple. And that's why when you walk into an Apple store, the energy you feel is an example of a more emotionally intelligent environment. They're not trying to sell you anything. They're trying to understand your pain and, if possible, offer a solution to your pain. They want you to have a great experience. And maybe you'll tell your friends and they'll tell their friends. And if you think about it, the way you feel in that environment is a very is very different from the energy coming out of the stores surrounding that environment. Mm-hmm. So because of we're facing a tsunami of rapidly accelerating global change. Some scientists estimate in this century we could experience the equivalent of 20,000 years worth of change. To put that into perspective, a 10-year-old today by the time they're 60 will equivalent will experience the equivalent of a year's worth of change in 11 minutes. Wow. So, and we've got a 500 million year old brain that doesn't like change. So that the development of our emotional intelligence to be able to deal with the fear and anxiety that change and innovation always triggers in us represents the future of individual and organizational change. You're speaking of change in technology and two very different situations. Me walking into a physical Apple store with the environment carefully created versus me walking into a two-dimensional Zoom meeting with 25 people. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share some practical techniques for tapping into the energy and reading the room when we see each other from sternum to crown, uh, sometimes cameras aren't on, um, micro expressions, you, you can't read all 25 when we're in Hollywood squares. What do we do in this smile. rapid changing? Smile. When we smile, um, we're sending a signal. We're actually creating what uh, what's called a limbic system lock. We're creating a connection emotionally with the limbic part of our emotional part of our brain, the limbic part of our brain. Um, we're, we're sending a signal that you can trust me, I'm not trying to hurt you. And if you think about it, and this will be interesting for our listeners, for our viewers, that when we're in really toxic environments, when we're in really environments where people are trying to control and manipulate others to steal their energy, there's not very much smiling going on. There's a lot of seriousness going on. See, seriousness is a disease that can be cured. And the more we learn to stop giving away our energy, the more fun we have. Um, so getting better results doesn't require us to be serious. It requires us to stop giving away our energy and have more fun, play. Getting better results 
through smiles with Phil Johnson. <laughs> the title of the episode. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, you know, I, I make a commitment here on the air and in front of you, Phil, to smile more. Uh, I, I have, I, I imagine I have forgotten. I have a colleague, shout out to Gina, if you're listening, who a long time ago sent me this and it's sitting up next to my camera and I think I need to move it because it's been sitting there for a year and I no longer see it. But thank you, Phil, for the reminder that. Can, can I make a comment? Anytime. That's why we're here. Um, we don't have to focus on smiling um, by simply learning to stop giving away our energy and lowering our walls. The smile just resurfaces. Um, we shift from seriousness to playfulness. See, children have openness, but they lack wisdom. And unfortunately, um, they learn to give away their energy from a very early age, and that creates the drama, chaos, and conflict. That creates the, the toxic environments we see everywhere. Um, the solution is the opposite of that. It's, it's learning to stop giving away our energy. And when we do that, the smile comes back, but this time with the wisdom of a master. See, children have openness, but they lack wisdom. But as we learn to develop our and master our human skills, um, we get back to that openness we had as a child, but this time with the wisdom of a master. I love it. Well, we're coming up on the end of the time box here. Is there anything that you'd like to add? Something I didn't ask, something I didn't explore. I think the only comment I would make to uh, to the viewers is to bet on yourself by developing your emotional intelligence. The ROI is massive. And let me just say that there was a 40-year study done at UC Berkeley comparing IQ with EQ. Uh, and they concluded that emotional intelligence was 400% more valuable in determining success than intellectual intelligence. Um, and that's going to become even gr more true as we move forward. Einstein had an IQ of 160. Let's just say it. within the next two years, AI will have an IQ of over 1,000. So the focus is going to shift from a focus on intellectual ability to emotional intelligence. So not everybody can have 160 IQ, but everybody can develop their emotional intelligence. And the ROI is massively greater than intellectual intelligence. Awesome. Bill, thanks for your time. If people would like to get in touch with you, what are the best ways? What is your preferred channel of communication? Um, I'd be happy to send you a link to my calendar and um, my Zoom calendar. And I, I will be carry on the conversation with anybody that would like to. Thank you for that offer. Thank you again, Phil Johnson, for your time. And to our listening audience, if you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and give us a review. Either one, thumbs up, thumbs down works. Um, we listen.
And if there's topics you'd like to explore, leave us a comment. If you want to learn more and share your smiles, join us on our Discord server. See the, the notes or the description for a link. And finally, support from listeners just like you. Help us cover our hosting and podcast cost. So uh, again, see the show notes for a link to Patreon where you can subscribe for less than a coffee a month. And uh, at a higher level, you'll get some great swag in the mail. Until next time. This is the Agile Uprising podcast, signing out.